0: Hey guys you're listening to She's Obsessed the podcast and I'm your host Jamelia Donaldson also known as Jamelia is Obsessed. On this week's episode I'm introducing you to Andy Iam. Andy is a self-confessed business builder and product leader who's passionate about supporting first time talent, founders and investors. In our episode, Andy and I speak for a while about the importance of sacrifice in our professional journeys, the necessity to approach business as a scientist, the truth about entrepreneurship, and how important it is that we give, 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 not take, 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 and instead learn, learn, learn. This episode is split into two parts and I hope you enjoy them both equally. Before we get into the episode, I also want to make mention that I will be speaking with Andy at the pop-up shop one-on-one at our brand building Sunday sermon taking place at our pop-up shop on November the 24th at Hoxton Arches Hackney honestly there's so much going on that weekend but seriously come down between the 22nd to the 24th and if you'd like to hear from Andy specifically join us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m for a sermon on brand building I hope you enjoy let's go
1: So one of the things I've loved in watching the Treasure Trez journey and having a bit of a front row seat through speaking to you and engaging with you mm-hmm. is, is how you've built community. And and I experienced that when I attended a pop-up shop, which I could hardly get into. It <laughs> was packed, completely rammed. Um, but I've even experienced that in communities. I'm part of like Product Tank, which is a monthly meetup for 11 years. I've been in London and now 140 cities in the world. Incredible. And there's something about keeping an engaged community that keeps you like really at the front row seat with your customers, mm. but also shows that you're you're adding value to your customers constantly and consistently. Mm-hmm. How have you thought about that in terms of building treasure trades? Because you've happened to do that quite well and your retention rates are quite strong mm. on your boxes, but also in your in-person events.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it, this is gonna sound this could sound one of two ways, I don't know. <laughs> but I feel like naturally. As a person, something that I've always been really good at is bringing people together. Mm. Um, like when I was younger, if I was having a birthday party, everyone in my class was invited. Like half of other classes were invited too. And my mum was like, Jamelia, you can have 30 people. <laughs> and I was like, but I want 50 people to come. <laughs> so I feel like naturally I've always been good at bringing people together. And then I think it's a byproduct of the way that the team was built. So now it's something that's in the DNA of the company. So... Christelle was my first employee, and she was a subscriber. And one of the first things she said to me was, "I'm new to London. I'm finding it really hard to meet people." So I said, "Okay, the job that I'm going to give you is community manager. So I want you to help me build the community for Treasure Tress." And mm-hmm. through that, she's been able to develop relationships and friendships. My next hire was a childhood friend, Shavon, who is great, like such a bubbly, outgoing personality, definitely an extrovert. Um and naturally because of our friendship, Christelle was brought into that dynamic. So now it's like a friendship in-house. So what started to happen was we would have events and we'd be like, all right, girls, like time's up, we need to clear the venue, and they'd be like, oh, like we don't want to leave, like we just want to chill, shall we help you Something clean up? Outside. And then we're like, oh yeah, yeah, help us clean up. <laughs> and then we were like creating these like very intricate agendas for events, and we were like when we look at it, people, like, these women just want to chill with us. Like, they just want to chill. They just want to meet, like, like-minded women. Mm. And as Christelle said, in London, it can be quite difficult to meet new people from right, scratch. Right, right. So again, it was just observing behaviors. Like, women were coming to our event and they were spending the whole night chatting. I remember one event, we had it at One Nails in Soho and we, like, bought these bean bags and these headphones and we were like, okay, so, First half of the event, we're going to play games. Second half of the event, we're going to watch Love and Basketball downstairs. And we're like, everyone's going to love it because black girls love Love and Basketball. (laughs) And it's going to be so lit. We could not get anyone to go downstairs. Like we mm. wasted all that money on them beanbags, all their money, all that mm. money on those wireless headphones because women just wanted to connect. And I think from there we were like, okay, we're onto something. Like mm. women just want to be involved in whatever dynamic we have going on. Women want to be involved in it, mm. and that's the hiring process now. Like anyone that comes onto the team, they need to be able to vibe with us and join. Right. Like and just live breathe and just smell like treasure chest mm. so even again when i spoke in birmingham my lecturer she was on stage and she referenced treasure Tress, and she was like i jamelia wasn't able to come to the event but i knew that the two girls that came were from treasure Tress, and i could just tell mm. she was like they represented the brand so well that i could just tell where they were from mm. so i feel like the way that the company was built and the dna has led to the fact that we are so community-focused and so community-driven. Mm. And again, lived experience. Like, we're black and mixed-race women. Right. Um, quite diverse, though, because Christelle, Jewish mum, Nigerian dad, grew up in Switzerland, moved to London for university. Interesting. Um, me, Jamaican parents, Siobhan, Jamaican parents. But then we've got Beulah, Ghanaian parents, mm. Leah. Um, small island mum, I can't remember which island. Small island... Montserrat, Montserratian mum, um, English dad. So like, there are, there's some diversity in there, mm. but we've been able to find some commonality as black and mixed race women, which have mm. allowed us to connect with so many black and mixed race women. Right. But also mothers of black and mixed race women there's so many white mothers who are so engaged because they've been able to learn so much right. and they felt so passionately oh, about their daughters right. seeing girls that look like them mm. um, and i feel like that leaked into the teen experience because at the last teen experience one of the teens said to me until I came to the teen experience, I'd never seen black friendship and sisterhood wow. that was genuine. Powerful. And I was like, "What? Like black sisterhood is what I live and breathe, and it's the only reason why I'm where why, why I am where I am." So for you to have got to the age of eighteen and you've not seen it until we showed you it, mm. that was a red flag. But then again, it was just power to the community that we're building mm. and the necessity of it. Lovely. so every now and then i get reminders like that teen experience i was tired as hell like we landed like the day before Lovely. i was so tired but i was like we're doing this event we had some influencers survivor from new york we were like we're doing it we promised them we would Amazing. do this event and the minute she said that i was like you know what this is not sorry, about sorry. hair products this is about black women connecting on much deeper levels and exemplifying sisterhood so that's my I'm really so long answer to that
1: question and I've got four things I want to highlight That you said
0: mm-hmm. I feel like this is <laughs> my, my
1: <best>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, This is a conversation right? This is a conversation There's four things I want to highlight That Jamilia said The first one On hiring You said That you understood that she wanted to meet people in London. And I think it's so important when we hire people that we realise it's two-way. Absolutely. What's your aspirations? What do you want out of this? Where, where are you trying to go? And how do I contribute to how your do I purpose? Help you. How do I help you? Yeah. Instead of always, how do you help me when I'm hiring? I loved that. Mm-hmm. The second thing was on learning from failure. I always wanted to point this advice, this was our idea, this is what we wanted to do. But we realised and we learned that this is really about bringing black women together. mm mm-hmm. And that is what it's about. And we learned that lesson and we're not going to make that mistake again. I love that. Founders need to pay attention to that. The third was on culture. You said it's in our DNA. And then you went on and named the background of every single individual in your company. You know these people intimately. Mm-hmm. If founders can't do that, they don't even know their people. Mm. I know that you lot are having real conversations in this office. You look <laughs> to know who's small island and who's <laughs> And, and, and the final thing is that example was so powerful for that customer that made you realise, like, like this is why we do it. Mm. And it reminded me of my own daughter's journey. One of the things I realised is that my daughter's not growing up in Tottenham. She's going to need these different skills and experiences to navigate the world that she lives in. And I need communities like the teen experience for her to understand what Mm. it means to have black culture, for her to understand what sisterhood is, for her to understand there are others like her that she can relate with and identify to. So it's so important that we're building these communities and these businesses like you are that are legacy, that Mm -hmm. are like Clarks, Cadbury's, Harrods, and all these other companies named after people's surnames Mm -hmm. who have stood the test of time, 50 years plus, 100 years plus, and are not VC backed.
0: It's true. Right? I love that. It's very true. I love that. Wow. I'm going to use that snippet for something else as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's true. I think, um, but I think it also comes down to a lot of the time undervaluing. So, so many times mm. I have conversations and I'm like, oh, maybe that is a good point. Or maybe that is a good strategy. But just because mm. it's been authentic and lived. Mm. And then there's middle class people, as you said, that will like make up these theories, give it a name and sell it. And then mm. it's like, ah. Oh. Man, maybe I should have coined that term, trademarked mm. it and then done this with it. So you yeah, know what I also learnings. Love as well,
1: like um, there's no formula to entrepreneurship, but a lot of entrepreneurs mm. are looking for formulas. You know?
0: I feel like that's human nature though. It we is want, human. We want the cheat sheet to
1: everything. Absolutely, it's pattern matching. Mm. But sometimes we need to understand that as humans we have this flow state. And when we're in and amongst our customers and we're in flow, sometimes mm. you have a gut feeling, but you were right. Yeah. It's not quantifiable, it's not scientific, but you were right. And we need to allow for that sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I wrote a book and I put it out there. It wasn't scientific. It wasn't quantifiable. I didn't build loads of funnels. I haven't done loads of paid marketing. Mm. But I've just done what's right.
0: I feel like that even comes down to your Instagram stories, Um no IGTV that mm. you posted on your post um, on your feed. Like you said that you were in the car park waiting for your wife right. in um Tesco's. Tesco's, yeah, and it just came to you. And one of the things that I wanted to say to you was please don't change the format up and start doing the most mm. because I loved how authentic and raw it was. Mm. Like you're literally sitting was in the car, in the background, really. <laughs> <be honest. laughs> <didn't Yeah>. <laughs> 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 but I love that it was like i'm talking to one of my friends like you're talking about um 11 streams of income you're mm. talking about wealth generation you're mm. talking about isis pensions mm. but you're using language that everyone can understand Related, and yeah. it's relatable um so what kind of spurred you on to do that like what was First, a, a real
1: common thread and as you common friends in this interview so far but Using common language that my audience understands is because I'm always in and amongst the ends. Mm. I'm still here. Mm. I haven't left. I'm not leaving. I'm, I'm Nipsey in the Tottenham. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm here still. And the truth is it was a common language. That's why I started blogging five, six years ago, mm. because I wanted to democratize a lot of this knowledge I was learning about VCs and startups when I was living and working in San Francisco. And I wanted my friends in the end to be able to understand it. So I had to learn how to write and speak simply. So that they understand what I'm talking about. And I'll just carry that through till today. You know, so I think it's so important to understand the language and the words that your customers and your audience are using to inform how you speak to them, whether it's in your content, in your marketing, or even in your products. And with this um, lessons in wealth creation, IGT, IGTV series that I was doing, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. I didn't think about it or plan it. I was in the car park At Tesco supermarket My missus was inside Doing the shopping Mm. My daughter was asleep And I thought Let me just for once Experiment with it as soon as I pressed Go on the camera I just started speaking Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be About wealth creation Because so many people Were annoying me (laughs) Frustration is such a good Inspiration for creating Content and products Isn't it just? (laughs) People were annoying me Talking about Um yeah wealth generation and you know and oh. and how as black people we need to come together and generate wealth no tactics no specifics no actionable things and i'm like you know what i've started on this journey mm. and i'm, ne- I'm never going to get to an end i'm never going to be perfect and i'm okay with that and i'm going to share what i've done so far because i think it will help at least 10 people out there mm-hmm. and as long as 10 people feel like they've, they're like this has been relevant for them i'm good Does that make sense? And then I had that conversation. People loved it and were engaged and and literally DMing me, literally on WhatsApp, let alone on Instagram, Mm. let alone leaving comments. And I thought, all right, let me make a one week series out of it. And that's where I've just each day just tried to share a little bit more around my journey, like how it was invested in property failures I had along the way and trying to invest with friends that just didn't work out mm-hmm. and actually lessons I learned in leadership because of that, you know, investing through ISAs and pensions, understanding what that means, probably spoke a little bit too much on that one. Um, <laughs> then this morning, um, I spoke about um, the 11 multiple streams of income that I've had across the years. That's my favourite ones thus far. And I just think it's important for people to realise that when you build a personal brand you can do that too. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where you're starting from. It doesn't matter your social economic background. We can all do it. Um, So yeah, that's how it started off. And then tomorrow I'm going to round up the series. I'm not going to spoil Actually, by the time this comes out, it would have come out already. But I'm going to speak about like the mindset. And actually the biggest Mm -hmm. investment is an investment in yourself. Facts. In the books, in the videos, in attending conferences and paying for the training. And actually it's about getting into the habits and good habits. And that's where you start off with, forget the money. You know, and and I want people to take that home, and I think it's an important take home. And then on Friday, I'm going to do a Q and A just to see if there's any questions people want me to answer.
0: And then what's next? Because this this can't end here. Like that's up to the audience.
1: What do you want from me?
0: I guess Listen, what do people want to hear about? I feel like okay. I'm glad that it's visual because you're so animated visually mm. that I feel like you deserve to be on a stage or on a screen. No, I appreciate that. But like workshops, like one day boot camp. Really? On, yeah. on wealth
1: creation? Yeah. You think I need to t- carry on the same
0: theme? I feel like you need to carry on the same theme because this, this topic cannot get old because mm. no one's got it right yet. Mm. Or very... Tyler Perry's got it right. Oh, Tyler Everyone Tyler else.
1: Tyler. <laughs> awesome. When we talk
0: about digital role models, Tyler Perry is up there. <laughs> Everyone else, ship. <laughs> got own your shit. There we go. We, if we're not Tyler Perry or Oprah, then we've got a lot of work to do. Mm. So I feel like wealth creation can't be exhausted and there's so many different layers to it because we can talk about... Um, starting a business and entrepreneurship as mm. one stream of income, but then Absolutely. that can be broken down into marketing, PR, customer relationships, product, investment, mm. finances—so many different things. So I definitely think one day it will be the Andy Ian conference, All right. and I will have front row tickets. Every if if anyone else there. wants
1: to wants to, wants that to happen. I think tag me and Jamelia in a tweet. There we go.
0: And we'll make it happen. There we go. We'll make it happen together. Perfect. I'm down. Cool. I'm definitely down. And we'll have
1: these conversations when you attend the pop-up shop.
0: On November the 22nd to the 24th. Boom. Because I'm going to be there and I'm going
1: to be talking about all this and more.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, and then my last question. Oh,
1: does it have to be a last?
0: I know, I know, I know. I mean, I've got to save some, I've got to save some for the panel at the pop-up shop. And then we've got to save some for the live show. Okay. Okay. So, um, let's talk a bit about um the streams of income that you discussed Mm. so i'm not going to give you the pressure to name all 11 because i could do i could probably go ahead yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's about me so i should know
1: myself well there we go okay so one of them was blogging so like over the years i've written nearly 200 articles Mm -hmm. initially on medium and linkedin i want to give the details so people know this is the realness
0: can i just say that here i want to I want to highlight patience and the mm. fact that it was an instant gratification. Like mm. you didn't write a blog post and get paid. Mm-mm. You wrote a blog post as an investment into your future mm. and who you would later become. But mm. continue.
1: I love that church. <laughs> and and once again, I never wrote with the intention of getting paid. When you're delivering value, similar to what I said with the Arlen story earlier, you deliver value, you will arrive. You'll come at the intersection of opportunity eventually. So I was writing blog posts on Medium and LinkedIn. Eventually realized that there's this thread I was writing about in terms of the intersection between startups, culture and, and, and investors. And then Urban Geeks, an Atlanta-based platform in the US, reached out to me and said, actually, I'll start paying you and I want you to do some blog posts. And I wrote a few posts for them. Then I started writing for Blavity, then Crunchbase and all these US mm-hmm. platforms that realize my value while here on home service, on home service, they weren't realizing my value. So I was taking advantage of that because a lot of the stories I was sharing was US stories to a UK audience until I realized, wait a minute, you're on the internet. It's a global audience. Mm-hmm. And they realized that too. And then I started getting paid for blogging. So that's one stream of income. Another stream of income is from uh, investing in stocks and shares. So I invest in stocks and shares. I invest in, not too many actually, Mm -hmm. I invest in managed funds, like a fund called Fundsmith by Terry Smith. Mm -hmm. This is not financial advice for you to go in (laughs)
0: and and invest
1: in it, but do your research, pros and cons. There are cons to every fund. Mm -hmm. Do not invest off the back of the company. (laughs) Uh, The next one um, is in index funds, Mm -hmm. which are like uh, funds that basically track the average return of like the FTSE 100 or the S&P 500 in, in the US. And that Index uh, Those index funds, on average, outperform fund managers by 97%.
0: Can we also just break and say that if you're someone that works in the financial industries, when you can make the salary sacrifice for stocks and shares, do that. Right. Because it's one of the best hacks and one of the quickest ways to gain equity in your company. Absolutely. And if you do
1: it for your pension, your your employer often matches that contribution. Right. All right. So that's another stream of income. Another one is through speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned I'm speaking at two conferences coming up. And they're both paying for me to speak Amazing. because my lived experience is going into talking. They're not paying me to speak about my job role mm-hmm. or my job title. And we need to realize the value that we have in speaking um, and how content actually can help credentialize you so that people want to book you to speak because they're all inbound. I have not gone searching for any of these opportunities. Um, The next one is in delivering workshops and one of consulting for clients. So currently I'm consulting for two clients. I'm an entrepreneur in residence for one. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm creating a product playbook for another. And the interesting thing there is that's at the intersection of product management, which I love because I'm a domain expert at product management mm-hmm. and creating content, mm-hmm. which I've loved. And I didn't know that all of these blogs that I was writing and all these podcasts I was featuring in was going to lead to me creating a product playbook for a client. So you see these intersections that you start noticing in terms of your value and where it lies. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna keep going. So I'm named <laughs> a P, but I think there's a few more. Another one is that um I own a few properties, so I get rental income. Mm-hmm. So that's quite passive. So I've never visited the property that I bought in Manchester and I've had it for five years. I've you never, never seen visited it. it. Never seen it in my own eyes. My brother went once to see it. I've never seen it with my own eyes because I created systems for me to source the property using a property sourcer who I paid, calculated how much that eats into my margin, and then I ca- I I made fake phone calls to the um, estate agents in that local area to act like I was a renter, to ask about the local prices to rent in that area. Then I made other fake phone calls to those same estate agents to act like I was a landlord, to ask, ask where the good places are to buy properties. And just through online and my phone, I just knew the psychology of how so to set clever. up and I never visit a property. And I've been to, I went for park life like four years ago and I still didn't visit the property and it hasn't been one void month today wow but that's about start understanding the fundamentals of an area we can talk about that in the next podcast mm-hmm. um okay another one is so i don't make money through royalties for but through my work in mixed in Madness, i've learned about royalties mm-hmm. as another way of making money um Your ebook ebook is another one exactly so all of the effort went into actually creating and writing the book but now it's out in the world people are just paying 11.99 like every time i flick open my laptop i'm seeing new sales, mm-hmm. which is great and that's long tail that will last forever. I don't have to stop that. And that's what we need to remember. Like once these things are out in the world, content, it lasts forever and people can search and find you in
0: three years Mm -hmm.
1: and still reach out to you.
0: I have a question on that one, not to disrupt you. No, it's cool. Ebook, what was your decision to do that? Is it so that you can update it or was it just for scale? And it was just a scale. And, okay. and because it's more of a handbook You need to annotate it It's an editable right. book So you okay. can
1: write things down So that you're writing Because I want people to get Into the habit of journaling mm. It was one of the secondary habits That I want people to form So this ebook gets you Into the habit of journaling Writing things down Being introspective And reflecting on your skill set Your brand Who you are and you mm. write it down throughout the ebook. You make changes to your LinkedIn. You make changes to your personal persona. You really start analyzing that first page of Google. I can't
0: wait to read this. I mean, I bought it a couple of hours ago, but listen, I can't wait listen, to get into listen. it. Listen,
1: value, value. I haven't had to give one refund yet because everyone has said that they value what they're reading. Amazing. Which is great. Um, okay. Uh, other source of income. Let me think. I think I've, to, oh, equity. 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 So equity leads to wealth. Like, it's mm-hmm. all well about ownership. And, um, fortunately, I've got equity through two, two ways so mm-hmm. far. Three ways, actually. Mm-hmm. One is from being an advisor to startups, or an advisor to start to early stage companies mm-hmm. and adding so much value, usually through introductions to customers or partners that literally brought in revenue, mm-hmm. that you can quantify the value that I've brought into that situation or helping them with cost reduction, helping them with fire, hiring, but things that they can quantify to say, do you know what, this person has added so much value that I'm going to reward them with a little bit of equity. And it's usually 0.1% to Mm 0.5%. And it's usually an agreement, an advisory agreement, and it's usually vested across four years. So that person is incentivized to keep adding value. Mm -hmm. That's detailed there, but it's important to understand that. Mm -hmm. The second way that I get equity is through starting companies. So I started Mixtape Manners with my brother and a few friends. I still have equity in that venture that I started. One of the downsides of entrepreneurship and starting com- businesses for companies is that sometimes you don't get equity. Mm-hmm. So I started a, cu- a business for a company called Elixir. I didn't get equity, but I did get to learn on their buck. Mm-hmm. I did get to form relationships and there are pros out of that process. Mm-hmm. Now, the last form of equity is through investing and, and sometimes even getting equity through working for an investor. Mm-hmm. So through working at Backstage Capital, I got something called Carry, which is essentially equity in the startups that we invested in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not only about your pay, it's about your equity. Mm-hmm. You know, at World First, I didn't get any equity and they got acquired. So I didn't benefit from the upside. Lesson learned. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's an, another important one. And then finally, through being an investor and actually putting some of my child's inheritance money into a company. And because it's that child's inheritance money, I take it very seriously the diligence I do mm-hmm. before putting money but sadly, I'm actually saving for a wedding at the moment. So that's on a hiatus at the moment. But <laughs> 2020, I'm going to be back in action. There we go. Perfect.
0: That was incredible.
1: It's always good and to talk, you. It's always a quality. Discussion. Honestly,
0: it's so easy. Mm. So, so easy. But the conversation will continue. At the pop-up shop and beyond absolutely but honestly thank you so much for everything you've taught me this year and thank you so much for your time today and how much time you invest in the culture one of the things that i wrote down at the beginning that you said was you just try to do the right thing for the culture and i feel like you consistently do mm. that so massive thank you oh, and thank you
1: thank you for you and being you and we need to interview you on one of these podcasts to hear more about your story because you dropped some nuggets today and I'm sure the listeners want to hear more
0: there we go I'll make sure that you're the one to do it (laughs) (laughs) TT turns 4 in November make sure you join us on the 22nd to the 24th of November to have a chance to build your own box with 5 products from your favourite hair brands for £25 or cheaper if you buy your ticket now on Eventbrite Bigger venue, more DJs, more free beauty treatments, more brands, panels, and of course, an even more enjoyable experience than last year. Follow us on Instagram, link is in our bio for the tickets.